may need to pick me up on this mic because I think the battery's gone out on my mic, okay? Well, good morning. It's great to see each one this morning. We have a number of guests with us today, and we're glad to have you in our number and hope that you are edified and uplifted by our service this morning as we come to the cross, as we think about Jesus, as we worship, and as we think about some pertinent things for the new year as we really kick off our theme for the year. As I was thinking about the introduction of this this morning, it occurred to me that through the years, Christians have developed certain slogans that define our distinctiveness. I have seen them through the years on church bulletins, now on websites and different means, things like this, we speak where the Bible speaks and we're silent where the Bible is silent. Or this one, we're a people of the book. Or I've heard for years, no creed but Christ and no book for the Bible. Or this one, book, chapter, and verse preaching. You know, a slogan or a motto can be a great rallying cry. It can join people together for a cause and provide purpose and define mission and unite us together in fellowship. But of course, that's only true if the motto or slogan is a scriptural one, because sometimes people can be joined together in an unscriptural way. Today, the elders and I want to announce a theme that's to be our rallying cry, a slogan, or a theme, if you will, for 2017. And it's based on Philippians chapter 1. If you'd like to read this in your own text, Philippians chapter 1, And in verses 9 through 11, the Apostle Paul said, In this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more, in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. As in this text we often see in many other texts the apostle paul offering a prayer for the people to whom he is writing and i think it is interesting that as he prays for this these philippian brethren that he begins by talking about how their love may abound that it may grow that it may abound more and more and that as they abound in knowledge and discernment as they're able to see the things that are excellent that they can live lives that are without offense without reproach, and as they live lives in view of the judgment of Christ, that they might be filled with the fruits of righteousness, that there might be something they produce in their life. But it all begins with this abounding. And so from that, we would like to share with you a rallying cry, if you please, around which, as we talked about last week, that we might define our purposes that we have to accomplish God's work for us this year. And the theme is to love more and to give more. But this theme is not about money or things or a vague call to other people to do something. To love more and give more means to love more and give more of yourself. When the Apostle Paul wrote about the ministry of the Macedonian brethren, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5, they first gave themselves to the Lord. And so let me say in the very beginning of this, that if we take this motto or theme, however you want to look at it, is something that just results in external activities 
or external gifts or external activity and that we're engaged to that in some kind of a superficial way, we've missed the whole point of what we're trying to accomplish this year. To love more and to give more means Ken Welliver. And it means you. It's not a call in some kind of a vague collective way for the church in a nondescript way to love more and give more. It is a call individually. It is a call to each and every one of us, elders and preachers and teachers and young and old, every one of us that are members of this church family, that we might look at ourselves and consider ways in which we can love more, give more in some different ways. In just a few moments, each one of our elders are going to come before us and they're going to share some specific areas in which this theme may be applied. But let me just suggest an introduction, three things that I think will help us. To love more and to give more suggests that our love can grow. The verse says so. It says that your love may abound still more and more. And what Paul is saying here to these brethren is that love doesn't remain static, nor should it become stagnant. But love, when it is nurtured and nourished, can become more and it can become greater. And so just as we increase in knowledge, just as we develop spiritual maturity, that we can grow in our love for God and that we can grow in our love for our fellow man. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 12, Paul said, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another. And so none of us can look at ourselves and say that we have reached a point where our love has reached a perfection, that we are now the epitome of love. No, there is only one that's the epitome of love, and that's God. John says God is love. And so we're all seeking to become more like him, to be conformed to the image of his son. And the way that we do that is that we abound in love. I think we're all familiar with the first two great commandments. When Jesus asked what's the greatest commandment in Matthew 22 by lawyer, he said, first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so it begins with love and it ends with love. And God wants us to increase in love and abound in love. And so wherever we are in our spiritual walk and our discipleship, understand that our love can grow. The second thing is, is that giving is a natural outgrowth of love. You see, to love is to give of oneself. We sometimes talk about giving our heart to another person. Oftentimes, this is talked about in a romantic relationship of, of giving your heart to someone. Well, when we think about loving God, are we not giving our heart to God and our life to God and our all to God? And when we love others, in our church family, or our fellow man? Are we not giving ourselves to them? And the point of this is that giving apart from love is useless and meaningless. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We often like to look at this love chapter and to look at the 15 qualities and characteristics of love. But it is good for us to realize before Paul gets into these qualities of love and defines love, he begins with these words. Though I speak with the tongue of man and of angels, but have not love, 
I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. And so what the Apostle Paul is telling us here, that giving, I mean, even to these extreme cases, though we give our all, though we even allowed our body to be burned at the stake and we give our very lives, if it's done with the wrong motive, if it's not done out of a purity of love for God, then the kind of love that he talks about developing here, it's all done for the wrong reason. That we are to give because we love. That needs to be our heart. That needs to be our inspiration. That needs to be our motivation. But then the third thing that we understand is that love is a decision. To love more, to give more, is a decision that each one of us will make. Love is an act of the will. The love of the Bible rises above feelings or infatuation. It's not superficial. Loving God, as we suggested a moment ago, is a command. Love the Lord your God. You see, it is a choice. We decide whether or not we're going to love God. To love our brethren, let brotherly love continue, the writer said in Hebrews 13.1. That is a decision, and that is a command. And the same is true with giving. Giving is also an act of the will. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7 speaks of our contribution and instructs us to give as we purpose in our heart. That speaks to the will. That speaks to a decision. And so to highlight what we're talking about, the elders have prepared some handouts that the men now, if they like, can go ahead and start distributing those handouts to everybody. And this will help you a little bit as, they, as the three elders go through the, the specifics of what this theme is going to be about this year. They're going to talk about our time and our talents and our, our treasure. They're going to talk about how each of us individually can love more and give more of ourselves in a lot of different ways and to show us the practical applications and, and to really set before us some objectives and some goals and to speak according to purpose as we talked about last week. And so to begin the discussion, I'd like to call up one of our shepherds, Brother Stephen Estes, that's going to talk about what this thing means. Stephen? Good morning. Thanks, Ken, uh, for that introduction and the lessons uh, that you've taught over these last several weeks regarding goals and creating new lives this year as children of God that were focused on God's will for us. We want to emphasize what Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says in developing our focus for this year in serving our Lord. And notice here the Philippian brethren were not lacking love, but encouraged to let their love abound still more and more. They were called on to fill the, uh, be filled with fruits of righteousness. Those fruits come about when we are living righteously. The elders here want to encourage each of us to do the same. We want to practice love and good works here, uh, but we're petitioning that 
we do it to the point that we're loving more and more to the point that we're actually overflowing with love. We want to encourage all of us to give more of ourselves in producing fruits of righteousness in our lives and the service to the work of this congregation here as a family of God's people. Loving each other enough to give of ourselves, our time, and our money is what I want to focus on for a few moments. We must love each other and we must love Christ our Lord enough to give ourselves our time and our money in the work of this local congregation because this is what God expects of us as we love more and more to the point of abounding in the love in this congregation. Here's a question for us to consider. Do the people in our community, those who visit, even our own family members, know that we are disciples of Jesus? Do they know that? If we love each other as Jesus has loved us, then they will know it. It will be obvious to everyone, according to what we are taught here by Jesus in John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Loving each other enough to give of ourselves. I'd like to read another passage to you from Galatians 6, 9 through 10. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. How much good does each of us do for those who are of the household of faith? Giving of ourselves requires expending energy, exerting effort, and quite plainly working towards activities that will benefit those of the household of faith. When we participate in the member care group, it takes effort and time, doesn't it? When the deacons fulfill their roles of service to this congregation, it takes effort and time. When Bible class teachers prepare materials, plan activities, and teach our children, it requires effort and time. When we visit someone who is sick or unable to assemble with the saints any longer, it requires effort and time. So how much effort and time are we setting aside for the work of this church? this local congregation. This is something we each need to examine and make adjustments as needed. Loving each other enough to give of ourselves our time and our money. 1 John three seventeen through 18 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Do we have an abundance? Then we should use it. Have we sacrificed something we might desire in order to help someone who is in need? Or do we always seem to just get what we want and find that we have nothing left to give to those who are in need? How much money are we, each individual member, setting aside for the work of the church here? How does it compare to what we spend on other things? Do we find value in spending thousands of dollars on other things? but we could never part with that much money for the Lord's work? The elders bid that we love more. Blessing is more, for, blessing is more for the giver than the receiver. Both are blessed, yet the giver is blessed more. In Acts 20, verse 35, the last part of that verse says, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It seems counter to earthly logic that the one who gives is the one who's blessed more than the one he receives. But Jesus' words are true. The one who is able to give is oftentimes more blessed and is now expected to use those resources to the glory of God. 
The one who has chosen to give in support of the weak has sacrificed of himself or herself, has shown love, has sometimes overcome selfishness in the process, and has demonstrated love to another person. Both are blessed, yet the giver is blessed more. Have you ever thought that the reason you or I may not have more physically is because we've not proven ourselves responsible enough to handle what we've already been given? God will do what is in our best interest. And if having too much stuff is going to cause us to lose sight of him, he may refuse to bless us physically in ways that are harmful to our spiritual vitality. Let's use what we have for his service this year. We need to set some personal goals to to achieve this year. Give some effort, time, and money to evangelism, teaching the lost, encouraging the brethren, and cheerful sacrificial giving. We're asking that each of us set personal goals to achieve this year in each of the areas that will positively affect the work of the church here. Notice each of these line up with the work of the church in evangelism, edification, and limited benevolence. Goals are not ever achieved, as we've been learning about the last few weeks, without setting them to begin with. And they're never achieved unless we determine what steps we're going to take to get there. So set some goals for yourself spiritually and determine what steps you will take to achieve them. The shepherds here, me, Tim, and Jimmy, are setting goals for ourselves. We want all of us to share in this together with us, not for us. We all have the same chief, Jesus Christ. Let's look at one other passage here in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25 reads, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Let's run spiritually this year like we're running to win the race. So the first goal that we would like to introduce pertains to our efforts to reach and to teach the lost. We all know we have an obligation to plant the seed of the gospel whenever and however we can. So in 2017, let's all set a personal goal that will introduce or purpose to introduce or teach one person, at least one person, the gospel this year as a result of our direct efforts. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 5-9 speaks of the process of planting the seed. Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. So precisely how we plant the seed, or how we water, is left up to the individual. Our efforts to teach the lost may come in any of these forms. It may be uh, handing a friend or a neighbor or a work associate a track or a welcome brochure, inviting them to our worship services. It may mean arranging to bring someone to the services. It may mean inviting someone to a Bible study or a gospel meeting or a youth uh, Bible devotional. Or it may mean teaching someone one-on-one. And we have biblical examples for all of those items. The objective is to sow the seed however and whenever we can. If we do our part, God will give the increase. We cannot, of course, force anyone to obey the gospel, but we can certainly introduce the gospel 
to them, and many times, if their heart is receptive, we'll be able to teach them the gospel. One of our deacons here, Ryan Matney, is the one who has taken on the duties associated with coordinating our personal evangelistic work that's currently being undertaken by some of those in our body here. So if there is anyone here who knows of anyone who would like to learn the gospel, there are brethren here who are seeking those with whom to study right now. But we always need more members who are willing to teach these studies. So please see Ryan uh, after services today or in the future if you're willing to teach one of these one-on-one Bible studies. Let's go on and talk about the second goal that we would like for you to consider. The second congregational goal we're asking you to include is pertaining to our increasing in our hospitality toward one another. We're fortunate here at West Main that our church family is growing. And, but in order for us to grow closer together, we need to purpose to increase in our hospitality toward one another. In this way, we'll draw closer to one another, we'll know one another, we'll be able to edify or to build up or support one another more effectively. To be hospitable to our brothers and sisters is one of the one another commands that we find in the New Testament. Let's look at some of these passages. In 1 Peter 4, verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. So precisely how we increase in our hospitality toward one another is, of course, left up to you, the individual. The elders are not going to tell you how to exhibit or when you have to exhibit hospitality. It's left up to you. But here's some examples. We might consider inviting families over to our respective homes this year that maybe perhaps we've never had in our home before. This is something you might want to do with another couple or another family. Or we might invite new members. As mentioned, we are growing here. We have a number of new members. You might consider inviting them out to lunch to get to know them better. This is an effective way for us to invite new members of our church family here into the church family. You may be thinking, well, being hospitable is the responsibility of the elders. That's your job. And certainly it is. And the elders are working very diligently to know, to get to know this flock. But hospitality is a responsibility of each and every member of the local body to the measure of their ability and to their opportunity. The third goal we ask you to consider is that we include in this year to purpose to contribute more financially, if we can, than we did last year. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We are to give as we're purposed, and we have purposed in our heart, not without a grudge, and because we feel like we have no choice. God loves a cheerful giver, not a sad giver. So precisely how much we give is, of course, left up to the individual. The elders are not going to require anyone to give more. We ask that you simply consider your personal situation and the blessings that come from being a cheerful giver. The elders have purposed that any increase in our average weekly contribution will be allocated to increased benevolence of the saints and 
for support of additional outside preachers. There's no shortage of men who are looking for support to preach the gospel across the globe. By way of illustration, if each member here were just to give one dollar more, do you realize that that's enough to support two preachers in the Philippines full time? Just one dollar a week more. And there's no shortage of men who need to be supported in the Philippines. Or possibly one man on a part-time basis here in the U.S. So imagine what we could do collectively if we elected to give more. Let's each do our part, but only as we purpose in our own hearts. Not grudgingly or out of some sort of obligation, but always with a cheerful heart. So let's wrap up this section. When we each do our part to accomplish these congregational goals this year, we will be amazed at the level of growth we'll experience here in this body, and our Lord will be glorified. The congregation is made up of all of us, each of us working to be the best disciple we possibly can. And when we all do that, we'll function more effectively as a whole. I'll now turn it over to Jimmy. So the elders would, like, would also like to provide some suggestions and ideas on specific ways that we can each assist in an ongoing work of this local congregation here. These may sound simple, but each one requires a planned effort and our time and sometimes sacrifices from our own personal resources. Each of you should have found uh, a couple of these handouts that were passed out just a few minutes ago. Um, one is a listing of the deacon's responsibilities and their respective areas. That's page two on the front and back. And then also some of the things I'm going to mention here uh, are listed on the back of the first sheet and the people that are, are heading those up. And I, I would encourage each and every one of us uh, to reach out, find ways to support at least one of the deacons regularly. Find out who does what and then approach him afterwards and say, how can I help? Uh, I know Tim mentioned Brother Matney. He's always looking to pair someone up who's willing to teach the gospel with someone who is looking to learn the gospel. So find out how we can help. Also, uh, the member care groups were mentioned earlier. Let's make it a point to attend every member care group that we can. There's some good work going on there. It allows us to learn who's in need and, and what's going on with some of our members' lives. Also, if you're physically able, make it a point to attend every worship service, including Sunday and Wednesday evenings. Participate in the Congregational Daily Bible Reading Program. It's so good to be in the Bible every day, and this provides a, a little guide. Now, I'm not saying that's the only thing that you should do but that is something that would get you into the bible every day and then also let's make it a point to pray at least once a day at least once a day outside of meal time i know sometimes we get in a rut and and we pray before every meal but let's set aside some time to pray outside of those meal times So there are also some several projects that we were working on going forward for this next year. 
we're working on a summer preacher training program, working with Ken. He's going to, we're looking for a candidate we could bring in this summer. We can actually go through a summer training program for a, a preacher that is looking to uh, work into preaching the gospel full time. We're looking at identifying a second evangelist to come and work with our group here uh, beginning possibly in 2018. We're wanting to increase our budget for providing relief to the needy saints and possibly expanding evangelistic outreach to, and support, uh, to support preachers and underserved areas across the not only this country but throughout the world. We also want to see the congregation plan to continue these works that are ongoing. On the other hand, you'll find a list of these items I'm going to remind you of that we currently engage of and that, you, that the person you can talk to who, to coordinate that work or could point you in the right direction to know that how, you can ex, ex, how you can assist in some of those works. Efforts the elders are encouraging us to continue in 2017 or work, like we said, work to get to know everyone, every single member in this group. I know sometimes I learn uh, having someone over at the house or, or just going to lunch with someone, you learn so much more than you can just in the few minutes that we're here together. Helping each individual Christian grow to their full ma maturity in their faith. And while you're helping them, they're also helping you. Maintaining and improving the website and its usefulness our, one of our deacons, uh, Brother Russ, is, heads that effort up. So if you have some ideas, get with him. Uh, personal evangelism, member care groups, youth devotionals, ladies' classes, uh, the congregational Bible reading, uh, Bible drill, um, the new song class. Brother Hugh is always looking for uh, people to help with the song services. Um, vacation Bible study, uh, children's classes. If you would like to teach and maybe you never have taught, get with someone else to help learning, to, to help teach you how maybe you can sit in on a class. Whatever the case is, if you have some desire, get with someone and they will definitely appreciate the help. Uh, having two gospel meetings each and every year. And then again, also the annual member survey will be coming out later this year. And give that some thought on things that you would like to see us look at for future years, we would love the feedback. <clears throat> Brother Estes has also uh, put together Thursday night topical small group studies. If you have a desire, find out what the study currently is going on and, and join that. If you would like to study something specific, get with Brother Stephen and he'll put that on the agenda for a future study. Um, supporting outside preachers. Hopefully we'll be able to increase our support of the existing preachers we support or possibly add preachers in underserved areas of the gospel. When we each do our part to accomplish these congregational goals this year, we'll be amazed at our level of growth in this 2017, this coming year, and God will be glorified. The congregation is made up of each and every one of us, and, <clears throat> and if you're working to be the best disciple of Christ you can be, it will help us all function better as a whole. Thank you so much, as always, for your encouragement, your patience, and the efforts that you already make to serve the Lord faithfully each day. 
Let us continue to stir each each other up to love and good works. The elders here love each and every one of you immensely, and we are so happy to serve this congregation here locally. If you have any questions or concerns about the theme for 2017 or the congregational goals, please see either any of us, and we will be glad to discuss that with you. Also, we will be posting each month the financial statements for the prior month and year to date. In addition, a copy of the 2017 budget will be posted on the bulletin board for your consideration as we try to do each and every year. If you have any questions over that, feel free to talk to one of the elders uh, about that subject as well. Again, we want to sincerely thank each and every one of you. And now Ken has a few closing comments he would like to make. Thank you so much, brethren. I want you to know how much time and effort our shepherds have put into the thoughts they shared this morning, this theme. They have considered this theme, looked at the implications of it. They have tweaked it, and they've tweaked it again and tweaked it again. Uh, I mean, right down to the very wording of trying to get across to what they want us to feel and to be able to do and be able to execute this year. And I just want to thank them for the hard work. They put a lot of hard work into this. And as I have met with them in the months that Norma Jean and I have been here, it, it is apparent to me that these shepherds don't just love the church here in some kind of a vague way. They love you individually, personally, and they care about each and every one of us. And that ought to be reassuring that we are serving under shepherds and have men watching for our souls that have our very best interest at heart. And so the things that they have shared with all of us this morning, I just want you to know I endorse 100%. I'm on board with it 100%. And I'm going to do the very best of my ability as not only a member here, but as the evangelist to love more and to give more. And I think it calls for each and every one of us to do the same. In that regard, let me share with you, and I've been sharing this with people as we've been in our visitation. And by the way, if we hadn't gotten to your home or set up a a lunch or a dinner or breakfast or whatever, we're still working on that. And um, so if you're getting ants about it, just come and we'll, we'll move you to the head of the line, so to speak, and get with you. But one of the things I've been telling everybody that any way I can help you, any way I can serve you as the preacher here, I want to be able to do it. And so some of the things that's been suggested, uh, you might feel like that I can be of some particular help in some area, whether it's in teaching someone or evangelism or in some other area. Don't hesitate to call me. Once in a while, people call and say, "Can I hate to bother you. I say, you're not bothering me. This is what I do. So please call me. It's not a bother. And we want to all work together this year to love more and give more. And I think the elders have really challenged each one of us uh, that we might accomplish that. I want to end where I began at the communion thoughts this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave. God loved and God gave.
does He not want us to do the same? To love and to give to the very best of our ability. Let's pause and pray together for a moment. Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for this Lord's Day, for the blessings of it and the opportunity it provides for us to come and not only exalt and honor you and to come before your throne of grace, but to engage in fellowship with one of another, to lift one another, to encourage one another, and to challenge one another. We are thankful, Father, for our shepherds here that lead us and guard us and guide us. And they're taking us this year in 2017 to greener pastures and more fruitful fields. May we heed their call, their rallying cry, to love more and to give more, and to become everything that you would have us to be. And may this inspire us and motivate us to personal growth and to individual commitment that we might accomplish the goals and the objectives laid before us this morning. Father, forgive us each when we fall short. We know that we each have areas of our lives in which we need to grow. Help us to have that desire of heart to do better and to walk a path that will not only be pleasing to you, but will benefit our brothers and sisters and make a difference in the lives of those with whom we come in contact. We pray, Father, that you would bless our shepherds, bless our deacons, bless all those that teach. Help us as we minister in the word and that all things may be done to your honor and to your glory. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, we've had a wonderful service today, I think. And we look out over the audience and I think about the love that we do share as brothers and sisters in Christ. And yet, I'm aware that there's bound to be one or more here that's not a part of the church family. We've had a number that have been visiting that have, they're already Christians and they become a part of the church family. And if you have been a guest and you're not a part of the church family here, we, we would invite you to talk to the shepherds about that. And they, they would love to talk to you about being a part of the work and the worship and the focus and the purpose of what we're trying to do here. If you're not a Christian and through other studies, you've come to understand what it means to believe in Jesus and you're willing to repent of your sins, confess your allegiance to Christ, and even this very day be baptized for the remission of your sin. What a wonderful opportunity this would be today and a wonderful blessing and privilege would be for us to assist you in that obedience and to help you begin to walk with the Lord. I think if you take away anything from today, you know that we not only want to love more and give more, we want to be like our Father. He loves you, and He gave Jesus to die for your sins. Will you not reciprocate that love and be a member of His family? Can we help you? Would you come as we stand and sing?